This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts from across the world. And I'm delighted to say that today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Greetings from the US. I'm doing wonderful. We had quite the impressive non-farm payroll report and I'm looking to dive into it uh, with you. Yes, very good news for the US economy. More jobs than expected in July as employment rose by 943,000. And that was quite a bit beyond the expected uh, consensus, wasn't it? Very much so. The, the report, it just it had everything positive for the economy. It had, you know, uh, the best employment uh, hiring that we've seen in about a year. Um, more importantly, we saw significant declines in temporary job losses and permanent ones. So I think that really shows that the economy is headed towards that substantial progress goal that the Fed has. And when you take a look, I think one of the biggest fears for this market is inflation and the rise in wages. And when you kind of dig down in the report, you can see that a good chunk uh, of, of the the increase in wages is coming from lower paying jobs, which is not inflationary. So I think you're probably seeing, you know, this market is, is now kind of feeling confident that we're going to have the Fed probably be um, announcing a taper uh, decision, uh, not at Jackson Hole. I think September was kind of the earliest people thought it could be. I think September is on the table. If you listen to the uh, Fed's you know, policy lingo at the last meeting, they said it would take a meetings, uh, so plural, uh, for them to make a decision. So some are arguing that that means it has to be after September. I, I think September is on the table, just given that um, you're, you're, you're seeing the unemployment rate, unemployment rate improve significantly. And I think if we, if we hit 5.1% in September, I think then that gives the Fed the green light to, to, to announce tapering. So unemployment rate currently at 5.4%, you know, that came in so much better than expected. So it was, it was just a very solid report. And, and I think that there was some nervousness coming in as we had, uh, you know, a, a big downward miss with ADP. Uh, and, and right now, I think markets are screaming, the reopening trade, the steepener is back, and you're, you're seeing a, a strong dollar. You're seeing um, um, global bond yields rise across the board. And uh, no, it's been a, a very upbeat report, and uh, you're probably going to see uh, there's still, I think, um, a lot more optimism for this economy. Uh, you know, Republicans and Democrats, they're still trying to push forward um, with that infrastructure spending bill. So we're still going to get more stimulus, at least on the fiscal side of things. And uh, I think there's a, there's a lot to be uh, constructive about this economy still going forward. And uh, that's why we're seeing, um, for the most part, risk on is in place for uh, the cyclical uh, trade. Um, you know, the Russell 2000 doing quite well, obviously with surging treasury yields uh not too it's not good news for big tech so you're seeing the nasdaq a little bit weaker isn't there a slight caveat though with these numbers ed because the figures mainly predate the rise of the delta variant in the u.s obviously there's been a a recent surge in infections particularly in certain states and there are fears that new restrictions could be imposed now looking a bit deeper into these figures there were big gains in sectors including 
leisure and hospitality, which would be the first to suffer should we have to impose any restrictions again. And I, and I think that is a, a big concern. And uh, I, I mean, even just, you know, kind of taking it one step further, uh, uh, you know, the, this morning, too, where we're, we're hearing that, you know, the EU is expected to <laughs> discuss reimposing travel restrictions on the U.S. Uh, so so it's for, for a country that is, uh, you know, this is a two economy uh, country, you know, the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Um, and uh, I, th- I think, you know, we, we possibly are just a week or two. Uh, maybe it's really a week, you know, judging by some of the data. And it's still early that we could be away from the peak of this Delta variant in the U.S. Um, so I, I think there, you know, there, there, there is that belief that, oh, yes, that could prove to be a headwind uh, in, in the, the short term. But I, I think, um, you know, the, the U.S. has seen another another uh, good uh, uptick here in vaccination rates so i think uh, it's 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 nowhere where it needs to be for you know the scientists to be happy to, to declare herd immunity but i think it does point to optimism that we're getting a lot of the people that were in between that were on the fence to get vaccinated and i think as the economy continues to kind of uh, get th- go through this current wave there's strong optimism that you know we're, we're, we're in a position where i think a lot of businesses are going to fully expect to um, reopen in october um, I think, you know, we've, we've heard some uh, banks, Wells Fargo, uh, push their, their reopening to, to October from September. Amazon not expecting to, to, to have that um, in the office um, environment until January, uh, possibly. So, so I think you, you're, you're still going to have, uh, you know, this market is going to be heavily impacted by, by the, the current wave. And, you know, as we, you know, get used to the, the Delta variant peaking, you know, there's concerns that we have uh, the Zeta variant start possibly emerging. So uh, there's, there's, there's uh, it, it's going to take a while to really get beyond COVID. But, uh, but I think where you have so much of the population now vaccinated, and I think the, the unvaccinated uh, part of the country um, is getting COVID. So I think you're going to see a, a strong, uh, I think, expectation that uh, normal economic activity is, is going to really intensify, I think, in, in a month or two. And, uh, you know, you throw that along with more infrastructure support from the government. Um, and there is still, I think, a lot of pent-up demand. I think if you take a look at some of the 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 spending we're seeing. I think there's still signs that we're, we're going to get another good burst, I think, as we close out summer. Uh, there, there's a good good expectations for this economy to run hot. And I think right now, if you take a look at, you know, the, the concern about the current wave, you know, the, the South has still had tremendous um, summer summer vacationing uh, occur. Florida, the epicenter right now of of uh, the the Delta variant, uh, you know, it, it's peak it's peak vacation season. So I am skeptical that we'll see uh, a big down t- downturn in in that hosp- uh, leisure and hospitality uh, hiring. So uh, still, I think um, a lot of optimism here for for those uh, for more positions to get filled in these coming months. And uh, uh, I think you're probably going to see. Uh, uh, this uh, today's uh, market reaction sometimes you know it's short-lived it, you know we then kind of um, have uh, a lot of these gains um, give up but uh, no I think this is 
this is the beginning of uh, probably a sustained move for next week. So it'll be interesting to see if that you know does um, turn out to be the case. But uh, there is a, a lot more optimism here, and I think you're going to see a lot of investors kind of uh, reallocate their their uh, portfolios to reflect that. And I wonder if they're looking at the UK as an example of a country which decided to take a bit of a punt, uh, to say the least, open things up even when you know COVID cases and the Delta variant was on the rise. Because as you said, there are many who think that the variant has now peaked in the US. It certainly seems to have peaked in the UK and things are a lot more optimistic than they were two or three weeks ago here when they were talking about you know, a hundred to two hundred thousand daily COVID rates, and so on. And uh, the Boris Johnson government, you know, took a gamble, and it's fortunately paid off. And they've probably looked at the UK in the US and thought, well, if it follows the same pattern, we're going to be okay. Very much so. I think there's a lot of optimism here for the UK, and uh, you're, you're probably going to see that. Uh, um, that's really leading the dominance. Uh, I think. Um, over um, some currency trader bets, um, you know, just uh, shorting euro sterling. I think there's there's a lot more upside here in the short term for for the UK. And when you uh, take into consideration um, the uh, uh, monetary policy stances right now, you know, the ECB turned dovish, and and right now, you know, this week we saw the BOE. They took their first step in acknowledging um, some modest tightening would be needed, and I, I think that is really going to provide, uh, I think, uh, a lot more optimism here that, uh, you know, the, they're, they're going to be tightening in the, in the coming years, uh, and you're going to see the, that that was reflected in their forward guidance and upbeat forecasts. Yeah, and some economists have been arguing that the bank should, you know, start to rein in the stimulus program. But as you said, there was no change. Uh, and if you look at the vote, seven to one voted in favour of keeping the number of £875 billion going, uh, one vote against. And the bank's former chief economist, Andy Haldane, called for a cut before he left after the June meeting. But for the time being, it's going to stay as it is. No interest rate rise, of course. But there were some warnings about inflation, although um, at the same time, they're not too worried about the rise in prices, are they? No, uh, Broadbent clearly noting that inflation rise is, is likely to be temporary. And, and I think that's the consensus there. That's the consensus here. The US and the UK have followed an extremely similar pattern over the last uh, few months and uh, in many respects have gone uh, the other way compared with the rest of the world. And on both counts have, you know, made the right calls. Very much so. And I think this is... Uh, um I think it goes to to show that uh, you know the uh, both approaches uh, on tackling the the virus uh, um, are are now you know I think paying off and there's um, a, a, I think a lot more optimism here when you take a look at you know yields um, you know like if you're if you're a German investor I mean the thirty year bond when it turned negative uh, the yield uh, that is. Um, this week that that really drew a lot of attention and, and i think you know if you're if you're if you're an investor you're going to see better opportunity here in treasuries or in gilts and uh, i think there's there's so much uh more potential here once you you start to see uh markets start to become more aggressive in this tightening trade so uh no i think it's uh you know both both are similar stories and uh, uh hopefully both can um you know 
have that economic growth that helps you know drive that trade. Going back to the U.S., what's happening in the bond market after those um, NFP numbers? Well, the Treasury yield curve is steepening, and you're you're seeing uh, uh, the the 10-year yield. Uh, it's up over seven basis points. You know, it looks like we're going to hit 130, and uh, I think that that trade, you know, was dangerously close to uh, um, having more more uh, panic in the market. Um, you know, we we almost saw the 10-year yield break 112, and uh, there was no support until one percent. That really was um, surprising a lot of traders. One hedge fund blew up, um, and uh, I think you're, you're, you're probably seeing that now. The economic recovery seems to be on track, and uh, there's a lot more optimism here that uh, the reopening trade is, is uh, going to withstand this current wave of the virus and is likely to continue going forward. And uh, we're probably going to see the steepener remain the trade um, throughout the rest of the year. Let's switch subjects and talk about Bitcoin, Ed, which has surged over the last few days. And uh, last time I looked was around the $40,000 mark. Bitcoin mania is back. I think we, uh, we're we also seeing a, a strong performance post uh, non-farm payroll. And, and sometimes... Uh, when you you take a look at uh, you know Bitcoin's behavior uh, uh, on a day where you you see um, uh, no need for safe havens, no no real inflationary hedge opportunities emerge from the data, uh, you typically don't see Bitcoin do too well. Um, you know, for instance, like gold is is having its one of its worst days in, in quite some time. Gold's is down on two and a half percent, and uh, that 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 trade is getting a little bit ugly right now. But Bitcoin has has uh, really uh, started to um, draw much attention that it's it's now back towards the upper boundaries of its tight trading rings that's been in place since mid May, and uh, it looks like that institutional interest that uh, that story is not going away anytime soon. And I think what's really driving the market today is uh, Ethereum. Ethereum just had their latest network upgrade, making it more uh, uh, cost efficient, you know, really, I think, uh, addressing some of those uh, unlimited supply concerns and uh, uh, more importantly, turning green. So I think there's a lot more upside here for Ethereum, but it's very positive news for the entire cryptoverse. And uh, you're seeing Bitcoin and Ethereum um, rise in tandem here. And uh, I think there's uh, um, some excitement that, you know, if we do break a, break above the, you know, the upper boundaries of that tight trading range, the momentum trading could really accelerate here. Um, there's there's a lot of money that's been on the sidelines and uh, they've been waiting to buy the bullish breakout. and. Uh, if that's starting to emerge, um, you could see that trade really take off. Very interesting, Ed. Let's look ahead to the next week or so. What are the standout events and the highlights that uh, we should uh, have our close eye on? Well, next week is uh, an interesting week. We we have a couple rate decisions. We have lots of uh, economic data. I think on the economic data side, the, the focal point will be on US CPI, UK GDP, um, obviously, uh, and I think inflationary pressures are, you know, that that debate continues and uh, anything that supports the argument that it's persistent could just accelerate central bank tightening. Um, I, I think uh, the growth 
rebound in the UK is is is, is looking good, and uh, I think there's a lot more. Um, uh, I think focus right now, as far as uh, the rest of the world and the Delta variant, and exactly, you know, are we starting to see more peaks with that current wave? Um, um, as I you know previewed before, uh, the uh, central bank decisions. There, there's going to be. Uh, a heavily watched one from Turkey. Uh, you know, President Erdogan's been pushing for rate cuts. It looks like you know this hotter than expected CPI data is going to really complicate that central bank's mission. Uh, I think uh, expectations are for them to hold, which will not make Erdogan happy, who's you know no stranger in sacking central bank governors that don't do what he wants. So that's going to be closely watched. Uh, Mexico central bank's expected to tighten, uh, and uh, if the emerging markets are now in a position where they're entering an accelerated tightening mode that could be very good for their respective currencies so that's going to be important to watch i think on the uh oil front you're going to see there's uh you know that we're still in hurricane season there's not been much activity this week it seems uh and uh i, I think you're going to have many traders focused though on uh, Iran's uh, president, uh, Raisi, he's he's taken office. He's been inaugurated uh, just yesterday, and uh, there's been some comments as far as a more conciliatory uh, tone, as far as uh, welcoming a resumption of Iran nuclear deal talks. So that's going to be, I think, the focal point for oil um, next week. And uh, you're you're probably going to see, uh, you know, there's going to be a close watch on treasury yields you know to see you know does you know this this uh, move higher in yields you know stay uh and if we do take that 130 does that mean 135 is achieved early and uh eventually you can start to see some people become a little bit more cautious on equities just kind of fearing that taper tantrum which we probably won't see a repeat from that we did last decade but i think uh you know, surging yields is, is not really good for stocks, so we'll wait to see exactly how that, that trade unfolds. So a busy week, and uh, I think you're going to probably see uh, a lot of investors will really pay close attention to, attention to how the market reacts on Monday. Excellent, Ed. Have a very good weekend. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Johnny. The Oanda Podcast.